Hello and welcome to Into Your Life podcast. I'm Lenka and I'm joined here by my wonderful co-host Natalie. Hi, we invite you to join our weekly conversations about finding more life in one's life. Well, what does it actually mean? We have discussions with guests about ways to live happier, healthier and more fulfilling lives, both personally and professionally. That sounds great. Let's go. I want to welcome our guest today because she's come with a topic which I think is really important. It's going to be very powerful and it's something that Lenka and I have not spoken about before. So this is a brand new topic for the for our little podcast and it's hopefully not hopefully it will inspire you to take on this idea I met Jennifer Jennifer was actually introduced to me through a fellow business owner a colleague and I had one conversation with Jennifer and I loved her energy and she is all the way in Vancouver in Canada so it's really great she's here in the more her morning our late afternoon so I really appreciate that she's up and about and bright and cheerful so early in the morning or would be early for me and she's come to talk to us about passion and I'm really intrigued about this topic because as, as I mentioned I've only met Jennifer once had an amazing conversation with her but we never talked about passion we talked about everything else so this is a new topic for me as well welcome Jennifer really excited to have you here with us please introduce yourself share a little bit about who you are and and what it is that you're doing and then explain to us what is passion what why is why are you so passionate about passion <laughs> thank you so much Natalie and Lega. it's such a wonderful time that we get to spend together right now and talking about passion yes I am so passionate about passion it's something I really stand for because it really speaks to our spiritual essence, the core of who we are. You know, there's a lot of talk about empowerment and authenticity and speaking your truth. Passion really speaks to the energy that you put behind anything that you're doing. And there's a motto on my website, free your spirit to direct the life that you're meant to live. And it really is as simple as that. You know, we tend to make things so complicated and trying to live up to the expectations of others and obligations and fear and guilt and all of that creates a fog in fact the word fog when you break well not break it up I would say it's an acronym for fear obligation and guilt and you really feel that when you're in that space it's really dense and heavy you can't see clearly but when you're in your spirit and you're freeing that to direct the life you're meant to live then you're really living your passion you're living your purpose and the way I see passion this came to me in one of those like channel downloads that people talk about. It was just an idea and inspiration that came because when you break up the word, it's pass I on that I being your soul's expression of what you're here to pass on in this lifetime. And this is essentially what I do is help people connect with that soul essence, their spirit and freeing that so that they can allow it to direct the life that they're meant to live. So I really support mostly spiritual change makers and thought leaders, the ones that are here that feel like there's something more, there's a, 
a way that they really want to serve on a higher level, more elevated level that supports people in a global change of some sort. And so it takes a lot of passion and energy and drive to be able to do that. So I help them sustain their well-being in the process and really keep and maintain and create that momentum to keep going in the process because we can become dispirited and disillusioned by so much that's out there and some of the reactions that we may get. And so soul care is where I go with that. When we're talking about well-being, I like to talk about spiritual wellness at the core because as we've heard many times before, we are spiritual beings having this human experience. And so when it comes to wellness and well-being and supporting that, then it makes sense to nurture our spirit and really feed our soul. And so we'll get into more about that later, I'm sure, but that just gives you a taste of my approach being more soul-centered and even the acronym soul, and I can tell I like acronyms, <laughs> it's about sending out universal love. And that's how I like to live my life is to make it a living prayer where I am sending out universal love and receiving that as well as they go along. So thank you so much for having me here to talk about all that. Wow. And that is such a massive topic. You've really got in there and I love all your acronyms. I think they 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 are amazing and it, it just shows how we can really create something out of a word. But what got you started on this journey? What got you connecting with the passion and having that idea of really helping and supporting people with finding their own passion in and sustaining it as well is keeping it going because life does like to give you a kick up the rear end every now and again and sometimes we'll even yank the carpet out just to see mm. just to have a good laugh at us and then to keep that passion to keep that that connection to yourself What's got you started on this journey? Mm, childhood. <laughs> Childhood's when we get to explore the world and have that curiosity and the innocence of just wanting to experience everything and get to know things. And we start asking a lot of questions as a child, don't we? <laughs> you know, why? Why is the sky blue? Why is this happening? And what about this? And we ask a lot of questions because we want to know. We want to be able to experience life to the fullest. And it's fiery. You know, we have a lot of energy as children usually. And this wide-eyed view of just wanting to take it all in. Only for me, as an empath, I literally took it all in and continue to do 24-7 all the time. <laughs> so that's where the how do I maintain my sense of self? How do I not suffer from adrenal fatigue where I'm conked out on the bed, unable to move, which I've experienced several times, or just go so far and spread myself so thin because of wanting to do so much that how can I reel it in and make and really understand actually that downtime is essential to regroup and to recuperate and come back to home to ourselves. And that's what I think is really important is always having that practice of coming back to ourselves because we're out there in the world so much or that we're on our screens and connecting with people quite frequently and for long periods of time that we're so focused on that and tending to that and perhaps deep listening into that and really 
need to find the balance and the centering that we need so that we can maintain our own energy and be sure of what it is that we're valuing and how we're living those values and staying in touch with that. So it really comes down to energy management, our own energy, and also managing our time, our most important resources, time and energy, and also money. That's also an exchange that goes around. But how it all came to me too during childhood, and I often find this with a lot of people I meet that around that age of 10, there's something that comes up where something gets seeded into our dream work, our life work. And for me, I was writing down notes of all the things I was observing and questioning and really found the creative outlet for that to be writing it all out. And in my mind, it was going to be this book called When Society Determines Your Destiny. Because that's what I was observing, that society had a lot to say about how we were meant to live and really does determine our destiny when we succumb to that. And it took three decades for me to really understand that that wasn't the message. The message that I wanted to be sharing and what the book actually came to be called is Embrace Your Power, A Healing Journal of Self-Discovery. And it really is that. It's, it's journaling, going in deeper, noticing our inner actions or inner motivations and intentions and how that is mirrored in our interactions. So the way that we're in relationship with each other and the world, but especially restoring that relationship with ourselves. There's so many ways that we let ourselves down and create our own noose around our neck that hangs us up in life, you know, things that hold us back. And so it's really healing that relationship with ourselves so that we stop breaking promises to ourselves, that we start honoring our own needs, really understanding what they are and finding ways that we can meet them ourselves instead of imposing that expectation on others. Being in relationship with others is enhancing as well for our well-being. I mean, we're all in this together. And I love Ram Dass's quote about, we're all just walking each other home. We do need each other. We also need to know our sense of place and belonging in the world and what we stand for. And that's how we continue to cultivate that sense of passion for change makers and thought leaders. It's the energy and passion that actually have the most impact, not so much what we're saying or doing, but how we're being in with each other in ourselves and in our work, no matter what form or shape that may take. And for me, it took many different shapes and forms. I worked in social services with all different populations for over 20 years. I had different business ventures, always fine tuning and evolving with my spiritual and personal development all along the way too. I find that happens always. We're going through this wheel, this cycle of being teacher and students and observer and just being, simply being, <laughs> and how to find that momentum to keep it all moving and not let it become stagnant because life is continuous. It is change. It is evolving. And we can decide to continue on that path or we can let it dissolve or revolve. So checking in with ourselves to see where we're at with all of that, or even in the cycle of transformation, moving from 
ideas, what we want to develop, making a decision and really committing to that, gaining the momentum in that and then birthing that out into the world. And so really just staying conscious of the process is what I'm getting at here, conscious of making the choices that best support our life and the way that we want to be living it. And that does meet our needs and that is aligned with our values. So really living consciously so that we can follow our heart and bring our brain along with us. <laughs> I really love that you're taking passion into something deeper than maybe what people might think when you just say passion, something like hobbies and our interests that you're really bringing back to, you know, what are our values, who we are, what we stand for. But I also think it would be interesting to explore the area of hobbies and interests and self-care because it is important. And sometimes we feel that we don't have the time to really you know, have passion projects, to do things outside of the scope of our businesses and our careers and our families and just the life in general. So maybe it would be helpful to see, you know, what is your perspective? How can you help clients? How can we help ourselves to find those moments to investigate, yes, what are our passions, who we are, what we stand for, but then found, find some practical, fun, enjoyable lighter moments to have hobbies and interests and do passion projects yes those lighter moments that's when we really get to lighten up because quite often we take life so seriously I recently wrote an article all around the idea of work rest and play and so many of us don't get past that work part you know and we don't value rest enough we I know I spend a lot of time in rest anticipating the next thing you know, or resting conditionally, oh, I'll just rest my eyes for a moment, or I'll take a 20 minute nap, or I'll rest after I get these, you know, a list of things done. And then there's play, you know, not just when we're children, but as adults too, whether or not you have children and you're playing with them or your pets, but playing, exploring, this is something I really love to do is explore and try new things and have new experiences and lots of discoveries and looking at daily delights. When I went through a long period of burnout after a living caregiver position during the lockdown period of the pandemic that we recently all experienced around the world, that I wasn't in the mood for anything. I couldn't do anything. I wasn't motivated to, I didn't have the energy. And we need energy to do our core work. We need energy to engage in our passion projects and leisure or even find delight. So I started getting myself taking a little bit of effort at first to go for walks because I love nature. It's self-replenishing, it's nurturing, it naturally resets our energy. And so I would do that to start. And then I started noticing again. I noticed, you know, the different whimsical statues or ways that people play in their gardens. And how the animals interact with each other or come about or just starting to notice things that are around us in our surroundings and finding beauty in that, becoming inspired and creative and awestruck again, you know? And so I started journaling that and each day I would write a daily delight, you know, what inspired me that day. And I did that for a month and that really 
lightened me up, that uplifted my energy. And then I started smiling more. And I found that I started feeling more energized and more creative and wanting to do other pursuits that I had put on the back burner. I love doing puzzles and engaging in leisure and just singing on the swing or talking to the animals. <laughs> you know, there's so much that nature can offer us too. And there's, yes, other hobbies that people have, knitting, sewing, crochet, ikebana, you know, you can get the activity and recreation guide from a nearby community center or library and just kind of flip through there and see what might be interesting. Maybe you want to pick something up that you haven't done in a while. Maybe you want to try something new. So there's different ideas that you can just flip through and see what sparks your interest or make a list of all the things that you love that really light you up and that you enjoy doing where you feel alive. Even making that list is enlightening because you start to feel that, oh yeah, I like that, I like that one. You know, you're already cultivating that enjoyment. And then choose one or two of those and then make a time to do it. You can either do it right away or make an appointment with yourself, get out your Calendly or whatever booking system you use and make an appointment with yourself or schedule it into your planner, however you'd like to do that, but commit to doing what you love to do because that actually supports your relationships and your work and your business. Because you mentioned before, it's the energy and your essence and how you're being in that that has the most impact. So if you're making time to do these things that you love doing or going to the places you love going to or buying the things that you enjoy having, around you, these are the things that make you feel alive and so enhance your life and make it feel more fulfilling and more productive rather than just being busy all the time. Busy is not fulfilling. Most of the time it's self-defeating <laughs> because you just add to the to-do list and it's not, when I talk about tending to, for example, tending to your to-be list or your to-do list or to your family or the tasks of the day, your daily living habits and so on. That are you doing it with tension or tenderness? So as you're tending to your day, is it with tension or tenderness? Because when you're in that tense space, then you know there's determination there, there's rigidity, there's have to, and you're in that obligation space, right? And it's tight, it's not light <laughs> and open and playful. And you can bring open, light, and playful into your work, into your family, into anything that you're doing in the way that you approach it. So, for example, I have a list of guiding principles that I made based on my theme for the year. And I would go through that each morning, and that sets the tone along with other parts of my morning routine, meditation, exercise, inspirational reading, a bit of journaling, whatever it might be you get a chance when you wake up every morning to start your day fresh. It's a new dawn and you get to set the tone for that in any way that you want to. So for me, it's those guiding principles that keep me centered and aligned with my vision and mission in life. And that include, include time and space to enjoy the things that you love doing, those hobbies, those activities that support the aliveness of or bring up different aspects of yourself. We're a whole being. And there's so much of us that we have yet to birth into the world, to get to know, to experience, 
a lot of our aspects of ourself get repressed or suppressed. You know, these are opportunities where we can tend to those parts of ourselves that may have been neglected. And I learned a lot through self-neglect and self-rejection and how to start tending to those tender parts of myself and, and being more gentle with myself and going as fast as the slowest part of me feels safe to go, you know, creating that sense of safety. And when we talk about self-care, I talk about soul care as the new self-care. And it draws on a lot from what uh, Abraham Maslow had offered in his hierarchy and what others have added on to since that even beyond self-actualization, there's transcendence. So remembering that the pinnacle is self-actualization. So how do we get to know ourselves really, really well? How do we actualize our potential? How do we realize what we're actually capable of is when we move into our growth zone. So out of that comfort zone, which in truth isn't all that comfortable, we can actually be quite restless or stagnant in it. <laughs> so stepping into the growth zone. And that's where the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy is all about the foundational things, physiological needs, love and belonging, our self-esteem, all of that very important, of course. But there are also deficiency needs. So they go on the premise that we don't have enough or that we're not enough. And that feeds into the belief that we need to do more, do things differently or constantly improve or find something that is outside of us rather than inside of ourselves. And so while all those needs are important, we don't, we don't want to get caught up in the cycle of not enough. We want to keep the vision alive that we're working on this journey of self-actualization and perhaps even transcendence. So looking at our cognitive needs, our beauty, aesthetic needs as well. And so really experiencing things on a soul level and a deeper connection, being in right relationship with the world, living our right livelihood and so on. And so exploring the things that really feed our soul, not that keep us busy in a different way, but what actually feeds our soul. And sometimes that's taking refuge, taking a time out and literally doing nothing, you know, and finding value in that because that's where we become more open to the vast possibilities available to us, to those inspiration. And that too can create more impact because then we have an opportunity and space in our time and resources enough to have the energy to extend to that, to be able to pursue something that's going to be so much more life enhancing for ourselves, our family and those that we work with. I love that you touched on the word of the year or theme for the year. That's a topic that we talked about before with Natalie and we kind of shared our progression of you know, what is the word for us what is the theme for us? And I'm thinking that maybe it will be helpful for people to get a little bit of a advice on when you have this word of the year. Some people have it. You know, it's becoming very popular on the social media to share the beginning instead of your new year resolution. This is the word for the year. But so many times year goes by and we forget about the word or it just kind of exists. But I'm sure that you might have some advice for people 
how can we use this as our guiding principles? How can we take this one word or multiple or theme and use it as a compass for daily decisions, for big decisions, for self-care, personal development? It is something that we choose and yet we often don't really use it and allow it to fulfill its best potential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing that at the beginning of the year, and if you miss that, it's not too late. You can do it at the beginning of the month. You can do it today. You know, at the start of the day, when we talked a little bit about setting the tone for the day, you can choose a word. And maybe and if you did choose a word from the beginning of the year, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can't remember what that is, then go back to it. Or it's okay to change your mind and choose something different. So you can start fresh at any time. Well, it's part of that cycle of the transformation that is it just an idea? <laughs> you know, oh, it's New Year's Day or, you know, at the beginning of the month. So I'm going to choose a word for the month and then you forget about it. Or even at the beginning of the day, we forget the intention we have today because so much happens <laughs> during the day that gets piled on and, and that idea got buried. So the next step in that is, is something that needs to be developed further. Is it something that you want to make a decision about? How are you going to use that? Where can you implement that in your life? When you're making your daily to-do list, how can it be aligned with that word that you're using? Can you create an affirmation for yourself? And then you can write that down or share it with someone so that you have a witness. And you can even have an accountability partner that you review and reflect things with. I mentioned too about work, rest, and play. I'd also like to add on reflect and dream because there's so much action and not enough reflection quite often. And we don't even really dream anymore, do we? We're just trying to get through the day and we talk about thriving in that, but how much do we actually dream and imagine and visualize our future life? you know, how we want to be living and what we want to be experiencing. So when we're talking about our values, we're talking about our guiding principles, affirmations for our word of the year, day, month, then how are we going to use that? So that's where the decision comes in. And then you build momentum on that the more that you kindle that fire, right? You keep adding to your fire, otherwise it's going to fizzle out. So... It, or if you think of it as a seed even, then how are you going to water that seed? What conditions are you going to give it that's favorable so that it can bloom to its fullest glory, that it can really enhance your life and create beauty in your life and your world? And so making a decision how you're going to do that, building the momentum by the conditions and the support and the attention that you give to it, and then that is what will manifest and birth in your life. You know, so you have to give it some attention. It can manifest a little bit on its own. Sometimes I have my word of the year and then I do a monthly review and then I do like a half year review. So I reflect on the first half of the year and then visualize if I'm on track or wanting to move in a different direction or make some course correction for the second half of the year. Right now, as we're talking here today, it's the Lionsgate portal. So there's different times of the year that are really significant to working through transformation and change and stepping into 
how we want to be and living in the world. So that's another opportunity then to use that cosmic energies to support how we're living and what we're doing. Even when you just walk through a door, you can take a moment to pause and think about how you want to be on the other side of that door, you know? And so there's lots of ways that you can think of that what can work for you and you get to try it out. You can play with that, those ideas and support that, but writing it down, sharing it with someone, deciding how you're going to use that in your life because it could be thought of as a tool that you can take out of your toolbox every now and then, you know, recite it, get to know it until it becomes you. And then you don't need all of those tools and objects and things anymore. It's just part of your being now because you've cultivated that. So lots of opportunities at any time of year that support that even at new moon, like there's different, there's numerology of the year too. And each year has its own theme already. So if you don't know what to create for yourself, you can go with what's already available in the cosmo, cosmic energy and that collective energy and, and go with that too. Or yeah, there's lots of ideas, like you say, Lenka on social media where other people are sharing and then notice what you resonate with, or maybe it will inspire you too. I love how you brought in the the theme of the the year or the you know theme of the day or word of the year word of the day and how you can start afresh or you don't have to wait for the 1st of January to to do it you can start in the beginning of the day you can start in the beginning of the month or as you said the moon cycle so it's not it doesn't matter when you start it it's just doing it and I love how you said play with it. So it's almost you bringing back the play is have fun with it. It's not one size fits all. It's what works for each individual person. But you can have fun while you're trying to work out what it is, what works for you. And and I love how you brought the fun into creating something or a new routine or something to live by. One of the things, and, and do correct me if I'm wrong, but as you're talking about passion and as you're talking about connecting and the energy, it's 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 like having that passion is about really connecting with who you are. It's finding your authentic voice, your values, your identity, and then using that to go forth, whether it's in your business, whether it's an idea that you've got, or as you said, a thought um thought leaders or you know business owners but it's it's about connecting with yourself because if you're not connected with yourself how how can you have that energy to keep going to to really build a new idea or build a business or change something in your life and I love how that just seems to really it's getting back into I am me, I am who I am, and I'm on a journey, and I'm going to make mistakes, but that's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a being, as you said, it's, it's about being, and it just, when you were speaking, I was very much getting that passion is about reconnecting with oneself, am mm -hmm. I on the right track there? Absolutely, 100% you are, and that's really what it is, yes getting back into our soul's essence and freeing your spirit to direct a life that you're meant to live. 
not having to make so much effort or make something, <laughs> make a living, you know, it's really tuning into what life is offering you and allowing that to unfold in the, and how you can support that to unfold in the best way for you. And going back to passion, again, that I, your soul's essence of what you're here to pass on in this lifetime. So we gather lots of different skills and abilities, many of that through mistakes and learning and lessons that we're given and call them rites of passage or initiation so that we can build those strengths and those traits and understand what we're actually capable of and how we can be resilient in that and strong in that and really cultivate the power for liberation, that freedom of choice and allowing that space for creation, creating our lives. And that I, that soul's essence is who you are. And this is the thing to understand too, or reflect on is that, that I, that essence of who you are, that authenticity is also about being congruent. So you're not this one type of person when you're with family or a spouse or with friends, and then can seem completely different, like you're living another life even when you're at work or in your business, but you're the same person no matter what with anyone that you're with. That's true authenticity. That's really living your truth. And that's being congruent and consistent with your values because anytime you start to compromise that, it's a little bit of trauma. And we get out of balance and out of alignment. And the more that we do that, the more we steer away from our values and our needs and who we truly are and our truth. And so keep coming back to yourself, keep coming home to yourself. And it's when we talk about healing, it's really wholeness, right? Recognizing your wholeness and bringing those fragmented parts of yourself, you know, where energy might have been leaked or taken or distorted or fragmented because you've spread yourself thin or there's so many people pulling at you and having all these demands on, on you or thinking you have all these obligations that you have to meet, we can become very fragmented. And so calling your energy back home to you is important and embracing your power so that we can have that healing journey of self-discovery and really discovering who that is, <laughs> who we are and all the different levels of being and all the different aspects of ourself and what in us has yet still to be born as Norman Cousins had once reported. You know, so yeah, totally, Natalie, this is what I'm in alignment and resonating with too, is really getting into our truth and our true authentic being and, and living our lives from that space. And you touched on the, the the rite of passage and the the journey that you on or that we are on. And it brought to mind if we go back in history in the different cultures, how you know you hit certain ages and you would then have this rite of passage. I know the Aborigines go walkabout and the the native Indians used to, you know, you go into a hot tent and um, meditate with with the heat or you have to go and 
walk and support yourself for a month and you're not allowed uh, you don't take anything with you whatever culture it is that you come from there's almost this this rite of passage and I know that the the Amish in in America they have this this Brumspringer and I do apologize if I'm not pronouncing it right but the the boys go out for a year and they go and live with technology they embrace the modern world and then they can choose to come back and be part of their community again or they then leave so they have this this rite of passage and I can't remember on the top of my head if the girls go out as well so a lot of these cultures that you look at they have this this rite of passage and it's about finding who you are this going out walkabout in Australia or the Rumspringer or whatever it is, is you are given that time to see who am I? Who am I becoming? What 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 do I want to follow? What ideas do I want to follow? Do I want to stay with this community that I'm with or do I want to embrace something new? Am I going to go back to my my you know my tent and, and the family that I know or am I going to start you know, go somewhere else. And we don't give ourselves that that rite of passage. It's almost like we have to learn on the fly almost. In a, we don't given that, or when you're 18, okay, you've got a year, off you go. When you're 25, do you need to go and do it? When you're 35, whatever it is, is you know what? You need to go and go find yourself, find, reconnect with yourself. This is your rite of passage. Have fun, and we'll see you when you get back from whatever journey you're on. Whereas now we've got to just do it on the fly and still run businesses, still have you know run the family, run the homes, do whatever we're doing, and we still and we're trying to have the right of passage while we're trying to connect with ourselves and to find that authentic voice because we are. You know, as as kids, we told by teachers and parents, you will, you are like this. You do this. You should do this. You go to school and you go to university. You get a job. You do this. You do this, and you you lose that connection with who you are, and you're trying to fit into this mold that you need to feel that you need to fit into and some families might be stricter is you will go become a doctor doesn't matter if you don't want to be a doctor but you know that's what we want for you and therefore you're going to do it and we can lose that connection with ourselves and I love how you said it's a rite of passage and maybe this is something that that we need to take that time in our lives to say I want to have a rite of passage so maybe going walkabout might not be the best thing because you've got commitments, but who's to say you can't go for a couple of hours in, in a field or in a forest? You don't have to go on a month or two or three month long walkabout. You can just say, okay, today I can give myself this time for me to find my rite of passage, for me to find a way to connect with myself and you might not have the answers but it's a start and then I will pick that up or reconnect with it or mull it over and then carry on with this so it's a I think where I'm going with this is it's about finding a rite of passage 
in the life that you have now in order to help you to get to your authentic self, your true self, to reconnect with your your soul self in a way as well. And I bless Lenka. Lenka, she's she's new to woo-woo and she's new to the spiritual. So she's been thrown in the deep end. That's the best way to do it sometimes. But I just think that it's it's a way that we can find our rite of passage, find our walkabout to connect with ourselves in the world that we are in right now and in the routines that we have. Does that make sense sense to you, Jennifer? Is Am I on the right track with this or have I totally Absolutely. lost the plot? No, you've totally got there, I think, um, Natalie. The rite of passage can be conceptualized as well and, and take different forms. And we have a sense of what it is and what it's meant in the ancient ways and the ancient teachings and traditions and customs and how that takes different shape across cultures as well. And the essence of that, I think, is what you captured in asking, well, how else can we capture that same essence and have the same sort of outcome in that? And absolutely we can. There's rites of passages we see all the time where people uh, go through parenthood and then they start living their dream or they go through their work life and then they design their retired life. What's that going to look like? There's lots of people that I've come across in my work that have gone from corporate into calling, you know, and that was a rite of passage in a sense, you know. There's people who go to college and university as a right to get on to the other side. There's different pathways and ways we go through to get to the other side of what? <laughs> what are we getting the other side to? I remember and there's pilgrimages like the walkabouts that you say that people create for themselves. And there's taking refuge, you know, for Buddhist practice and philosophy. People go for refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So your spiritual community, your higher power, and your different teachings cross-culturally, like whatever that might be, you go first find solace there. That's, again, the soul care and that spiritual wellness. But there's also a rite of passage of even just taking a shower, <laughs> you know, or like we talked about walking through your doorstep, like going to the other side of your door. That's a rite of passage that you can create and conceptualize because you're doing it with intentionality and you're doing it, doing it consciously and you're recognizing that you're not the same person after that. When we go attend to a workshop, we're not the same person as when we walked in. You know, so any one of those is like a rite of passage, a different way of becoming. It's a different growth process. Quite often in rite of passage, like you mentioned at the beginning there, Natalie, is highly unpleasant. <laughs> you know, there's some kind of initiation or harsh conditions that test our strength and our will and our resilience and our determination and teach us just how capable we are. And so we do experience that daily in our life of going through conditions that are unpleasant and that might be harsh and that test our will and our strength and our ability to still thrive and come out stronger and come out more aligned with what truly matters and what we are passionate about and what we do stand for and how we want to be living our life. And that's a continuous process. We do that every day. And even going to bed 
the night, how we complete our day to how we wake up in the morning, that too is a rite of passage. How did we, how did we complete our day? Are we bringing in the day before or the week before or whole past into our new day or just fully being present? Like we have those opportunities for rite of passage quite often that can be easily overlooked because it, it messes with our conceptualized idea or teaching or lessened around what a rite of passage actually is. But when you look at it, as you did, Natalie, about what does it mean to go through one and how do we already do that in our lives and how can we put that into our life, I think is very good. And that's how we transcend form. It's what transformation really is, is that first we have the awareness, we go through the rite of passage, and then we have that transformation where we transcended form. We moved beyond old ways of being and doing every time and we just continue with that then we have a new level of awareness and then we go through another rite of passage and then we transform that and then we we just keep on going through that that's our evolutionary process a lot of hard work and a lot of sticking to it I guess and a lot of being patient with ourselves and just giving ourselves the 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 space to succeed and to fail at you know, at different times and to just persevere, I guess. It's it's about one that time it didn't work. Why? And then what about next time? Or trying something new or finding different ways, as you said, is conceptualizing the way to reconnect. And sometimes things work and sometimes you fine with it and then all of a sudden something needs to change and um yeah thank you for really explaining that that I think that's helped to create an uh, more of an awareness of what passion how important passion is and I can understand now why you're passionate about passion because (laughs) you've given us a different perspective on what what passion means on what how important it is to have that passion but it's also to look after it it's also it's one thing to be passionate but then also treasure it and look after it and maintain it and really find ways that it you stay passionate and don't lose that passion and then get the disconnect and then the then just losing that almost that will to keep going so thank you I really appreciate you explaining that because it's it's helped me to clarify some things and to have a different perspective I always love having a different perspective at the way that we look at things beautiful beautiful I like to just share a different perspective of thinking that it's hard too I find that when it's hard is when we go against who we are and what we're what we stand for what we're passionate about when we try to live up to something that we're not and we're in that fog that um that fear obligation and guilt then it becomes hard because it's going against the grain it's going against our nature and it's going against what we might believe in or value in our lives and so I like that you brought up that it's hard and that you know it's really about embracing life and who you are and living it to the fullest and it's not so hard when we can lighten up and and be true to ourselves and have that voice and really 
pass I on. This was such an exciting, interesting journey into you know, the ins and outs of passion, of discovering ourselves, of using what we have and the world we're living to really lean into our lives and to have the happiest, healthiest, and most fulfilling life, which is what we're all about here at the podcast. So I wanted to say a huge thank you, Jennifer, for coming on and you know sharing your wonderful wisdom. And before we wrap up, we often ask our guests if there is one golden nugget or a key message or something that you came to this conversation with hoping that you will have a chance to share it or a summary or kind of reiteration of something you've already said that our listeners really should take away from this whole episode and exploration of passion live your passion and free your spirit to direct the life that you're meant to live i love it to the point very clear very powerful well, if someone is like, well, this lady seems to make a couple of good points. I would love to learn more about her. I would love to learn more from her. Where do I find her? Could you share, you know, a place, a couple of places in the online world where people can find you, connect with you, maybe work with you? Who knows? Yes, absolutely. All of that is available through the hub of my website, which is lightingthepath.ca. You'll find some free guides and downloads on the topics that we've touched upon here. And I host the Wake Up and Change the World Global Summit several times a year, as well as the Awaken and Ascend podcast that you can find on YouTube. So you're welcome to check out some of those episodes and other podcasts I've been on. It's also on my website. And of course, this will be there too. And anyone who would like to have an inner light activation session, I'm happy to provide that for your audience, Natalie and Lenka, for half an hour at no cost. This one's on me if they want to connect and have that inner light activation where we we get into a little deeper and more personalized way of looking at what we talked to about today. Oh, that's so generous of you. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for being here, for joining us on this journey. We would love to hear from you about your passions, your perspective on the topic of passions, anything that you've taken away from this episode that you're going to maybe implement in your life, that you're going to explore, or anything that you think we have missed out that should have been brought in on the topic of passion, please do let us know. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for a wonderful conversation, for a wonderful moment. and. We'll see you at the next one. If you enjoyed listening to our conversation, please share it with your friends and colleagues and don't forget to subscribe. We would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and write a short review.